Welcome to the NCO Journal Podcast, where we explore NCO professional development. This is a podcast series where we discuss published articles with authors and provide a forum for the open exchange of ideas, information, and solutions. I'm your host, Chago Zapata, Managing Editor of the NCO Journal. Today, we discuss the article, Love and Leadership, by Sergeant Major Anson Jordan, an instructor at the Sergeant's Major Academy. Unfortunately, Sergeant Major Jordan is unable to join us today. With us is Sergeant First Class Osvaldo Aquite, NCYCE of the NCO Journal, and Senior Editors, Staff Sergeant Brandon Cox and Tony Mena. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for, for being here. I know that uh, uh, Sergeant Major Jordan is, is not able to join us today. I know I mentioned that uh, in, in the intro here, but you know, sorry sorry we couldn't have you on board here, Sergeant Major. Hope you're listening. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk about your article, uh, Loving Leadership. I thought it was an interesting article. I thought it was an interesting take on on leadership you know i think it's something that uh i don't know to some degree or, or, or another we we do love our our soldiers our subordinates or we should at least so why is it important for ncos to recognize respect care for and meet the needs of in other words love their subordinates i can go first um i think it's important because as you get higher up in leadership your subordinates are actually the ones that are getting stuff done um you're just kind of filtering and directing and so if you want to be the team that crushes its goals and its mission like you have to make sure they're taken care of they get the job done and you're just kind of uh the leader for that and the sooner that you realize that your subordinates do the important work like the more important work you will actually accomplish here's here's my thing you know i i really enjoyed the story to be honest i, I just yeah. thought that it was one of these things that you know, whether if you're a good NCO, I mean, does it matter if you love them or not? You know, whether you're, you love them or not, you need to go through the same kind of steps to be a good leader, you know, especially if you follow the, the servant leadership uh, model. So whether you love them or not, as long as you take care of them, you, you, you empathize with them, you, you, uh, you meet their, you, you take care of their needs, uh, whether you love them or not, I mean, isn't is it isn't it all going to lead to the same place? Well, I think love is important, but I don't know if it matters that if you love the individual as much as you love doing the right thing and love being a leader and love getting the job done. I think it's all kind of interwoven in there. You don't have to love an individual soldier; um, you just have to love making sure they're taken care of, or love your job as a leader. I think. Maybe it, maybe it just depends on the individuals as well. You know, some have more of a capacity, whereas others are more, you know, standoffish and not really, you know, their emotions don't get tied up with what they do, who they are, who they lead. Uh, that's just my thought on that. You know, it just seems like one of these things that whether you whether you love them or not, you know, a good leader is going to take care of their soldiers. Uh, if you love them, I think it's uh, – personally, I think it will probably make you more effective as a leader because they – you know, as as a as a subordinate, you'll you know when somebody cares about you and for you, when it's sincere. You, there's you, you have a sense for it, and that, so I think that that does make one. Um, um, you know, loving your soldiers makes more makes you more effective. I definitely think that having a leader who understands the challenges that you face, and then opens up to you about those things, like uh, like hey, I you know I see you might be struggling with this. Um, do you have everything that you need? 
Uh, is there anything that I can help you with? I think that that really goes a long way as opposed to just, oh, well, it looks like you have everything. Um, carry on, you know, get the mission done. You know, and I think both get the mission done in the end usually, but actually you get a lot more out of somebody who wants to be there and cares about the organization, cares about their their team and their leadership than you would out of somebody who's just there, well, I'm just here just doing this thing, you know, and there's no passion to it. I think that's the difference. I think a lot of it comes down to also, and we've had articles about this in the past, whether people are doing things out of fear or people are doing things out of love. And, yeah, if someone loves their leader, their unit, their mission, I mean, they're going to do above and beyond the minimum or even what's asked. Uh, whereas if somebody just fears being punished, uh, then they're just going to do the minimum to not get punished. I think that was maybe two podcasts ago we had talked about that. It was a really great subject, and it's in a lot of the articles we receive, the difference between fear and love, and that you're always going to get more from a unit if they love what they do and they love their leader. So, I think people will be more invested mm-hmm. if that – I mean, but – but the the article though it focuses more on the kind of the emotion, of you know the 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 emotions that if you I guess you, if you put your if you make make your emotions a, a part of the leadership process, I think it that's what he's talking about that it makes you a more effective leader, a more caring leader, more I don't know I I guess some if you think about it because I, I love working you know being being part of the NCO Journal team here and. The more you love something, the more that you're, it feels like the more you're invested in it. You know, the more you want it to succeed, the more you want it to be, uh, the more it becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of thing, that uh, the more that that's a part of the equation, that love is a part of the equation, uh, the more effective, the more enjoyable, the more you get out of it. Again, like I said, uh, when you throw mo- emotion or love into the equation. What's your take on this, Sergeant Nikita? Yeah, I really liked um, how the author started this article and, and kind of explaining what what love is, right? So that we don't confuse um, the terminology here. I think it was important to establish that love is just a word to explain that uh, of a leader extending themselves or being selfless service um, and seeking the needs, legitimate needs, and the greatest good of their Subordinates. So I think when we talk about um, what is love and what that encompass encompasses, I think it's important to identify that that's what it means. It means to be a selfless um, leader who looks for the care of the mission, looks for the care of their soldiers overall before they kind of look inside. And I think when the leader does that, that's when we get to those things that Tony and everybody else here has mentioned already, where, well, you get that intrinsic motivation from your followers. You get that that desire to want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And then you get that desire to to want to excel at what you're doing. Um, when you have leadership that supports you, that cares for you, that looks out for you, that wants the best uh, for you. And I think that's that that's why it's, why it's so important that the author, start, the author started this out with what is love, right? Um, to me, when I first read it, I, I was more like, oh, this is tying into the Army values, whereas selfless service, if if everyone in the Army uh, practices and has that selfless service mindset, when whether you're in the leader posi- leadership position or whether you're a soldier, 
you're going to give everything for that organization. You're going to give everything for your subordinates and you're going to give everything for those leaders to accomplish the mission and to, you know, and to get the job done and to do uh, what the what what the American citizens have asked us to do. Yeah, this is this is a this subject I thought was was an interesting one because it, it got me really thinking incorporating that. I mean, love. One of the things the author talks about is that it's a it's a word that most people associate with, you know, marriage or you know your family, loving your kids or, or your, your, your parents or whatever the case may be. So it's a it's a very intense emotion that's associated, you know, with things that are very deep. And, and all of us obviously interpret it differently. Uh, but so I but so I found this article interesting because, you know, it's a, it's an interesting tie uh, to leadership, but it's an important one. Uh, and obviously, you know, he's talking what he's talking about more uh, is, is more like brotherly love, you know, like love thy neighbor, love, uh, uh, care for the people that you that your your subordinates and the people that you work with. So, but I was still, you know, trying to, I trying to, you know, link the link the word love with with what he was talking about with leadership, and it just, uh, I mean, it does tie together, maybe just not as inten- intensely. It's not as uh, emotionally charged, obviously, when dealing with your 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 work or your subordinates or, or leadership in general. But I think that it's uh, it was an interesting take, and I, I was really happy to see that that it. Uh, uh, it's, it's had it's had a little bit of attraction on social media too. So not 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 everybody's commenting. There's not hadn't been a lot of comments, but there's been some uh, involvement. Some people are looking at it. Uh, but but I, I, I would be interesting to see what if what or if anybody even says anything about it. I'd like to see what what their uh, take is on that. So that would be interesting to see what the audience you know brings into the equation. Well, I think anybody at any level could take something away from this article. The author says it in the very beginning. It's an interconnection. He tries to find the interconnection between what 622 says about leadership and then what the servant leadership model says, which is extending yourself to identify and then meet legitimate needs of your subordinates. So I take that as, you know, just a leader coming up and asking me or or knowing, you know, that I have a family, you know, asking about them, you know, how was your kid's soccer game last week, you know, has, has everything been going good at home? Um, you know, are you working on your college and stuff like that? You know, just knowing little things about somebody can really push them to increase their motivation on their own in your organization. You, you touch on something that, um, really important, Sergeant Cox, and that's that, you know, that act of a leader asking your soldier, hey, how was your weekend? How's your family doing? Um, I've seen that a lot of times. Uh, and I've had leaders ask me that, that question, um, you know, hey, how are you doing? How, how this? But you can tell when it's not sincere and when you can tell when it when it is sincere. When it's not sincere, it's just lip service. It's just like, Roger, they, they might even ask you the same question uh, later on in the day, forgetting that they've already asked you. So there's a difference in the act of um, trying to understand information or gather information from your soldiers to try to get to know them versus um, just asking the simple, just doing the simple act, right? So I can a- ask a soldier how they're doing, but if I really don't care about that soldier, um, that information is not going to do anything. I'm not going to apply that information when I make decisions. I'm not going to apply that information when I'm, um, you know, issuing tasks and things like that. So I think. It's not just about the act, like Chago was mentioning, but it's also about that the deeper 
uh, meaning of that act, which is I'm here trying to find out what is best for my soldier. And I think there's that's that uh, difference that the, that the author is trying to identify here. I just recently watched, uh, finished watching Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if ever there was a group of soldiers, of warriors, where there was love in the mix, you watch that show, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, that, that they those those men, you know, to this day, they're like in their, I don't know, what, 90s or 80s or whatever. And they still, you know, they, they still love each other. You know, they still care about each other. They would They would die for each other. But watching that movie makes you realize that, you know, Loving your soldiers and loving those you who your subordinates, you know, it can lead. Uh, I mean, it's something different when it when you're in the combat zone. Uh, I, I mean, I remember when I was in Iraq. You know, I I do I love my guys. I I would do anything for them. Had anything happened to them, it would have devastated me. So it's like I guess you can say in a way it's a two-edged sword. Having that love for your soldiers, your subordinates definite reality here that you know being in the army that you may at one point be called upon to to go out there and and may have to make the ultimate sacrifice or maybe one of your soldiers does or whatever the case may be and uh and you know loving loving your soldiers is going to lead to it could possibly lead to a different path you know that that uh, where it just it would be so painful uh but on the other hand too that 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 kind of love in the in the in the combat zone is just that much more intense, you know. You feel that much more tied, tied in with your 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 subordinates. That much more, that much closer to your subordinates and your and your your team. Um, I got a personal, I guess, story about one of my favorite leaders, who loved everybody. So, if we want to take it that direction, um, so my favorite leader and favorite memories revolve around a guy named John shooting the lights out, Murray, because he was a rock star. Um, And there was nothing that Murray would ever ask you to do that he wouldn't stay late and do with you, to include, like, right before we went to Iraq, uh, 05, we had to get all these medical records ready, and that's, like, the most boring part of the job. And anyway, he showed up with pizza and beer, and he didn't have to, but he wanted to make sure that everything got done and he wanted to help and, and be a part of it. Um, and I, that relationship actually extended past what would be my enlistment because he stayed in. Uh, he became a E9 or a Master Chief. Um, and, you know, I vacationed in Chicago with him several times and met his family, and it was just wonderful. And, uh, you know, a relationship beyond just the uniform. Um, so one of my favorite memories was in Okinawa, uh, right before our Iraq training. There wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, Back then, the TCCC, or the Tactical Combat Casualty Care, as it was called back then, there wasn't a lot of standardization for it. And so Murray saw that, and he told me I could be as creative as I wanted. And so we spitballed a lot of ideas, and we ended up with an incredible training plan uh, to include IVs and Humvees just blazing down the highway and sand dunes and what else. We got... We had some really cool sound effects that we played. We uh, got to use moulage that looked very almost real. Um, wait, wait, what do you mean sound effects? Oh, like blasting a stereo with like gunfire noises and explosions and Metallica. And I feel like it's a lot of the stuff that's probably used now that I've read about with a lot of the simulators. And But back then it was like nobody was doing it and it was really cool. 
But we're, um, we're still finding things out back then, man. I know when I de- that's when I deployed too. We we're still yeah. trying to figure everything out. Oh, medicine then, was changing so yeah. fast back then too. Um, anyway, several months later, and some casualties happened, and we were definitely prepared. Uh, and the thing with the casualties is, is like when your medical person goes down or gets injured, like it's up to the Marines and how you tr- or you know the soldiers, Marines, whoever, not the medical person. Uh, so you're training really, and you're you're staying late, and you're making sure that everybody understands the material, no matter how long it takes you, uh, is super important, pays off. Anyway, we get back, and again, back in 05, we're, I guess, 06 when we got back, we're nobodies. We're like E5s, you know, and we're just having a good time and doing our job and doing what we grew up wanting to do. And word had spread, and... All of a sudden, the uh, 3rd Marine Division Master Chief and uh, Sergeant Majors, and they task us to revamp <laughs> the 3rd Marine Division's DCCC, and we're like, uh, okay, no problem, even though we're literally nobodies. But we did have the most combat experience at that time. Um, and then a year later, Afghanistan, Murray gets shot through the shoulder blade, and his Marines had to take care of him. Again, the importance of... Loving your entire unit, entire team, um, and just just a good dude. Obviously, he survived. Um, I think he's got the bullet somewhere in like a jar or whatever. Yeah, and just that's my personal favorite story. I still talk to him probably once every six months. Uh, call him up, and he's out now. And and yeah, he became a E nine, helped tons of people, revamped so much stuff, and it was just so interesting because. You know, back when I first knew him, he was an E5, and and who knew what was going to happen for either of us. And then I got out, and he went on, and we've both done some really cool stuff since then. And he just – and I feel like I love everyone I've been around. So it's a, it's a lesson I've carried with me outside of the military. It's just doing the right thing and being a good person. And I think uh, that's my personal reflection and how this article affected me and why I enjoyed it so much. You know, you bring up a, an interesting point, too. You know, it's like we all have different people that we've known over the course of our careers. And obviously, you're thinking of love and leadership. That those that phrase, that, 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 that title of this article, it was synonymous with this, this, uh, this person that you know. And it brought him straight to mind. And I think that's, that's, a, that's the, the thing, is that we all, to some degree or another, know who is, who does kind of love us, you know, as leaders or care for us. Uh, and who doesn't? It's one of those things that you intris- intrinsically know kind of deep down. You, you don't have to put your finger on it. Nobody has to say anything. Nobody, You know, actions speak louder than words. And uh, ultimately, you know, as a good NCO, you have to do the right thing. Just like just like Tony just said, you know, you do the right thing. Uh, you care for your people and, and, you know, that they'll know it. It goes back to like what Chago was saying um Sometimes those combat relationships that you have with sol- with other soldiers or peers are way outweigh the connections you can make with other people. And I think it's just that shared terrible experiences that you have with people that bring you closer together. And it almost is a crutch, too, because when you try and meet new people uh, or you try to have them understand what's going on, that you just can't connect with them all the time. So sometimes you got to find new ways to connect. And I think that that's really what this is talking about. It's more of like a... It's a now, you know, it's like kind of a peacetime type thing where 
these are the things that we need to focus on and try and build those relationships in our units now because we're not always having those those combat experiences together. But I do know a, a very non-combat experience that I had in keeping kind of what Tony was saying, you know, you have a leader who, who cares about you, about your actual well-being, that they're willing to sacrifice their time and effort to help you. I've, I've actually had this happen to me where, you know, I, I think I was an E4 at the time, and my Sergeant First Class came over, and he was just like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I'm still working, Sergeant, you know. And he's like, well, it's, you know, it's close time. You got to get cleaned up and stuff. And he's like, okay. So he just, like, picked up a broom and just started cleaning. And, you know, I kind of looked at him like, like, I can't believe you're helping me right now. Like, most people won't, you know. So it's those little things. And sometimes that's all you got to do. That gives me more trust in that leader to, to take care of me, even for future things that have nothing in relation to what just happened. You can say all the right things to your subordinates, but just like you said, it's those little things. Actions speak louder than words. What you do to show you care for them speaks a thousand. I mean, you look at that. That guy picked up a broom, and that's stuck in your head, and, and, and that tells you something about the, that individual. So maybe that, you know, maybe as leaders, that's what we need to, you know, focus on about picking up that broom as well and not just expelling hot air through our pile, our pie holes, you know, and actually doing rather than saying. I've had some great moments, yeah, where E8s, E9s pick up a broom just for no reason and just, like, they don't forget, you know, how to do the little stuff. And that's powerful and motivating, especially when I was uh, you know, E-nothing. <laughs> like, oh, man, this this uh, really high-up leader is literally sweeping this hallway. Just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's therapeutic or maybe it's just the right thing to do. But it, it sends a message to everybody that nobody is – uh, above any of the work. So. I have a question for you all. Like, wh- what do you think would happen if every leader in the army practiced, you know, the tenets here of being a selfless or servant leader? What kind of effects do you think uh, the army in general would see? I think retention might be better. Or I don't know that it's bad right now, but it would definitely improve, I think. You know, with people who are, if 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 leadership cares about their about their soldiers and to the degree that's expressed in this article, I think it would it would have a, a snowball effect to the to the whole force, and it would be better retention, better recruiting. I would say, um, possibly. I mean, there's no way of really knowing, but I, that's what I one of the big effects I'd, I'd say. On that same note, Chago, I think a lot of times I hear soldiers, a lot of my own friends, they say they get out because. The army's just not for me because, you know, people were too too much. This guy was terrible or whatever. This unit was awful. And I hear that all the time. And I've had so many varied experiences already that sometimes it's like, okay, do I want to stay in? You know, because what's my next unit going to be like? Like, yeah, it's it's good now or it's bad now, but what can I do to change that? And do I want to continue this? And I think sometimes if you always had somebody who cared cared for you, this would be a no-brainer. Like, if I could stay with my, you know, my favorite unit all the time, it's I would do that. Which is, yeah, the, the answer to journal. Stay here, bud. Yep. <laughs> right? But I think that is a big thing because I, I tell my buddy all the time, I was like, shoot, if we if we could stay in the same unit all the time, like, I would stay in forever. 
There, there's, there's some things just need to. It's like it, it's a weld machine that has to go a certain way in order to function, yeah. and that's just a part of it. I think that ultimately what it comes down to is, is uh, no matter where you go, it's about the people, yeah. and if people do the right thing for the right the right things for the right reason, and and you know care for their soldiers, if you know even if it's just doing the right thing, they may not love them. But just doing the right thing for them—that's that's ultimately, I think, it's, it's only going to lead to positive things. So, if there's ever, if there's any sort of, uh, I guess, point to this article is that, you know, care for your people, do the right thing, and beyond that, I think, you know, they'll care for they'll care care for you, and then if you grow to love them, even better, they're gonna care, they're gonna love you back in some way or another, or at least. Uh, invest themselves in, in you as well as, as the way that you've invested yourself in them. So, people. It's all about people. I think that, like I was saying, that shop that I had, though it's good because they all split up and uh, spread some of that to the rest of the Army. And I think that's what's important and that's what we have to focus on. There was a movie a while ago. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Carry it forward, or uh, what, what's it called? Pay it forward. Pay it forward, right? And I think the, that's what you're saying, right? You, you pay it right. forward. Yeah. You learn. That's the thing. You 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 learn from uh, bad leaders sometimes more than you do from good leaders. So if if a bad or so, uh, would you, somebody you consider consider a bad leader does something, you know, you learn from it. You move on. You don't ever do that kind of thing. And uh, you pay it forward, you know, the, the good things. And ultimately, they'll come back to you in some way or another, maybe. No, I think uh, you guys hit it on the nail there. And that's kind of where the author concludes this article is uh, leave a legacy worth remembering. And I think if we we were to practice this, um, being a servant leader, um, caring for those that you lead, um, it would also prevent a lot of the problems that we do see in and not just the army, but in big organizations where, um, you know, like harassment, um, you know, uh, suicides. Uh, I think this would get after those things before those those things become issues. Um, so I think it's 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 key exactly what you guys just said that uh, you you want to just uh, not just love what you do, um, but love. Those soldiers that are helping you accomplish that mission. Final note um, for anyone listening. If they can think about a leader that's done things right and want to do a personal reflection, I mean, they can put it in the comments. They can submit an article to us. I mean, we love these. I just feel like those personal reflections really teach people a lot from experience. My favorite way to learn. Um, Yeah, so... If they take anything away from this, you know, definitely submit to us. On that note, NCO Journal team, thank you for joining me. And thank you to our audience. Remember to put your knowledge to the page, submit articles, and get published with the NCO Journal. Don't forget to check out our webpage and follow us on social media. We'll catch you next time on the NCO Journal Podcast.